Uh, I'm really glad that uh, that you made it for the 10:30 service, not the 11:30. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, that that spring forward got me. I know, I know lots of you people. You guys are these morning people, and it was no problem for you. So I, I laid down last night, and I determined that I was going to be wise and go to bed early. But I couldn't make myself go to sleep. So I was up to after midnight anyway. But that's okay. The Lord is still good. He's still on the throne. And uh, I had a little caffeine this morning. I'm ready to go. I want to take a moment and welcome all of our guests. If you're a guest with us at Triumph, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, my name is Randon. My wife, Lindsay, and I are the lead pastors here at Triumph Sugarland. But, you know, we're just uh, a, one of so many wonderful people that are glad that you're here today and welcome you to worship God with us and uh, experience the presence of God with us today. I hope you've enjoyed your worship service, and I believe that if you brought kids, they're going to have a great time in, in their service today. Lots of good things are happening. Uh, but in the seat back pocket in front of you, there's a guest card. If you'd be so kind as to fill that out for me and drop it in the offering plate uh, here in just a few moments, I would greatly appreciate that. And I hope that you enjoy your visit and we get a chance to meet. Triumph, why don't we take a moment and welcome all of our guests. Uh, I also want to take a moment and welcome all those watching online. You know, we have people that gather from everywhere. Wherever you might be today, we're glad that you are tuned in. I know that it's the beginning of spring break week, and we have uh, people have been texting me literally from all over the world. And if you're on a beach this morning, uh, but you're watching Triumph, we're glad that you're a part of us. Uh, so, you know, uh, stay focused just for a few minutes, and let's let God speak to your life, and then you can go back to, uh, you know, your vacation and all that, and having fun while we're here. <laughs> Well, we really do. We, we, we celebrate, and I hope you're having a great time, and hope everyone has a, a good time with your family this week and your kids. And, and, uh, uh, but we're, we're glad you're a part of, of Triumph. I, I want to encourage you in your giving this morning and just thank you for your continued faithfulness. I was meeting with our elders yesterday, uh, and our, our men, and I was just sharing with them just, you know, how great a, a faithful and, and generous church this is. You're, you're amazing people, and uh, I'm very proud to have the chance to serve you and, and to know you because, uh, man, um, just week after week, we continue to give, and I'm proud of this church family. For those that are not really engaged in giving and are not engaged in tithing, I want to encourage you to step out by faith. I want, I want to encourage you to step out uh, and, and trust in God and believe that if, if you'll put him first in your life, he, he's going to bless you in ways you can't even imagine. I was talking to a friend here, and he was talking about the financial aspect of tithing, which is one of the aspects. But the truth is that to, to limit God or to put God to his blessings just as financial blessings, that's limiting what God wants to do in your life. And, but God wants to bless every aspect of your life, from your marriage to your family to your health to your soul. And, and then on top of that, he wants to bless you financially. So I encourage you that, uh, to, to step out by faith. And if you, if you say, Pastor, I've just, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to go and, and do this. This 10% seems like a lot. I just encourage you to take a risk and, and jump in and watch what God does in your life. Watch what God does. And so it's offering time here at Triumph Church. There are, there are a number of ways you can give. First off, there are envelopes in the seat back pockets in front of you, and uh, you're free to use those. There are also giving boxes in the foyer. Uh, you can give online, or you can give as Lindsay and I do, which is by utilizing our Triumph Church app. Just download the app, click the Sugarland button, and then you hit the button where it says give. It takes just a couple of seconds. You can also set up reoccurring giving there. And so I encourage you to do it that way, which is what my family does, because I don't keep checks on me and I don't keep cash on me. And so it makes life much, much simpler. I encourage you to do that. All right, are you ready to give this morning? Father, I thank you for every giver in this house, for every person that you sent to us, that, that you are blessing us with. Lord God, I, I thank you that uh, for all the good things that you're doing in the lives of your people. And Lord, as we come today and we continue our worship, 
with our giving, Lord. We are putting you first in our life. We are trusting in you. We're putting our hope in you. We're, we're buying into what you're doing in this kingdom, what you're doing in this world, Lord God. And we get to be on your side, and we thank you for it right now. Lord, I pray that you would multiply our gifts, multiply our tithe, multiply our offering back to your people today, Lord God. Bless them in ways that they can't even imagine. And Lord, cause this offering to go above and beyond to accomplish the purpose that you've sent it to this house for. I thank you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all the people said, amen. Ushers, you can assist us at this time. things happening in the service today that I'm looking forward to sharing with you and uh, and uh, looking forward to doing today. But I uh, just wanted to mention a couple of things. Uh, next Sunday, uh, many of you know that uh, Pastor or Jennifer Olivier from our Triumph Angleton campus uh, passed away last week. And so they've asked me to come and speak there next week and just try to help heal a church that just lost their pastor. And so uh, Pastor Ryan and his family are going to be out of town. And so I'm going to be there next Sunday. But the good news is I'm bringing back one of my favorite preachers in the whole world. So next Sunday, Bishop will be back with us to see all of you. Um, uh, so I know it's going to be a great week. You don't want to miss. He is looking forward to seeing you, looking forward to being back. You know, it's been a couple of months, but we're glad to have him uh, coming back. So he'll be here next week um, while I'm in Angleton. Uh, and then this Wednesday, uh, my wife... I had the great idea to take all of our teenagers that want to go to Slitterbond uh, to the indoor water park, and they're going to go have a blast. I I'm going to stay here and work, and she's going to go uh, uh, have some fun. Some, some, uh, some of the ladies are going to uh, go with her. And so two things. Number one, if you'd like your kid to be a part of that, I don't know how much the money is, but you can, uh, we can get that information to you. It's like $26 or whatever for the ticket. But we do need you to RSVP. If you're not on our group me, uh, please see myself or Andrew. I don't know where he's at right at this second. Andrew can get you connected, make sure we have all your information. But we need you to RSVP, fill out a release form, and uh, so we know how many. Uh, I think Tuesday is the last day to RSVP so we can get the tickets bought and make sure. And if you're a parent that says, for some reason you decide this sounds like a great idea and I want to go with him, we do need a couple of parent chaperones to go <laughs> that we're looking for help. Uh, I don't know what would want you to do that, but if you do, uh, if that's you, uh, we need your help. So that's coming up this Wednesday. That's all the announcements. Um, let me mention, did it just get really dark in here, guys? I don't know what happened. We'll fix it. I don't know. Those, the, some, the, the, I don't know what happened with the, the sound, the power of the breaker trip or something back there. It's a, you know, you know I'm the, the devil, he lives in the sound system, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, so today, I, I want to share with you something that... Uh, I have two sides of my emotion about it. On the one side, on the one side, I'm ex incredibly excited. I'm excited about what God's doing in His kingdom, and I'm excited for my friends. And on the other side, I'm really saddened. Um, so I'm going to try to talk about my happy side for 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 a few minutes today. Um, several years ago, I had the great pleasure of getting to meet two. Uh, of the finest people I've ever met in the world, and that's uh, Pastors Durbin and Stacia Patterson. And yeah. from the first time I sat down with them at my parents' house, we had some kind of meeting or something, I forgot what it was, but we sat at the table. You could just feel, you could just feel on their life what God was doing and who they were and, and the, the strength of their character and the strength of their integrity. 
and uh, the calling of God on their life. Uh, and so we, over the years, we've, we've, as we've gotten to know them, of course, Pastor Durbin's been on staff for a couple of years now. But what we've known all along is what God was calling them to. And that triumph was a part of their journey, but it wasn't their end destination. And that God was calling them to plant a church. And the time for that has come. And so I'm celebrating today uh, the, the planting of a new church and what God is doing in their life and ministry and the walk of faith that they're uh, taking. But on the other hand, our friends and our, our co-laborers in Christ are, are, are not going to be here every Sunday. And, you know, I've only got to work with Pastor Durbin a couple of months now. And I kind of like it. Um, but yet we celebrate what God is doing. And, uh, and, and so I wanted to take a moment and have them come and just share what God's put in their heart and tell you a little bit about their vision. And I know so many of you have worked with them week in and week out. And, uh, you, you know, this may come as a surprise to some of you. And um, it's not a surprise to God. And I want to say very clearly before I have them come, this is not a surprise. They didn't, they didn't walk in and make an announcement to myself or Bishop. This is something that's been talked about systematically um, o- over the years. And we are partnering with them. Uh, we're sending them to, uh, uh, there's a church planning organization that we're a part of uh, that does an incredible job of, of teaching pastors the, the backside of how to plan a church and uh, where to go for this and where to go for that and how to set this up and how to set that up. And so we're sending them this week, right, to, to that training. And, and Triumph Sugarland is their sponsoring church. So we're standing behind them and standing with them. This is not an ugly thing. This is not a, you know, uh, they're not being banished. You know, this is, this is not... <laughs> This is not a situation where you're not allowed to talk to them for fear of uh, being on, on on the wrong side. No, no, no. We are standing with them, and I and I and I, it's real easy in these situations for the enemy get to get in, but we're united, and uh, and and we're partners. And so uh, the name of their church is Restoration Church. And uh, they're going to be up closer to the Katy area, and uh, where, as you many of you know, they live up a little further north than I do. And uh, man, we're just celebrating what God is going to do. He's given them a great vision, and I thought we'd have them just come up and talk for a few minutes. And um, will you guys welcome them as they come? One more in. Good morning, Triumph Church. Well, as, uh, as, as Pastor Randon said, uh, it's bittersweet. Um, and like I said, also, we've since we moved here back home to Houston, we knew that we were planning a church. But even before we even started, uh, joined Triumph Church, we sat down with Bishop and shared our heart with him and said, hey, we'll come here, we'll, we'll serve until God opened our eyes to where we need to plant. And it took, what, seven years to figure that out, even though we've been going to the same area for seven years. Uh, so, and uh, at the door, the, the, the time has come, uh, and it is actually called Restoration Church Houston. Uh, for legal reasons. <laughs> so we got to say that. Uh, but it's been this, this way um, for us, you know, since 2000, this track has been, what, 2001? We've been uh, on this track and, and just being patient and trusting God to show us when the timing and where and all of that kind of stuff. And so we're planning a church that is uh, existing to see people restored to a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And you ask what constitutes as a right relationship? Well, if you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have a right relationship. 
If you only know him or call on him when you're in, in distressed situations, then you don't have the right relationship with him. And we just put our heart out to help people to understand that God loves them no matter what situation they're going through and that he wants to restore a relationship with them. Because if you think about it, our future, uh, uh, the, the trajectory of our future is based on two major things. One are the decisions we make today and two are the relationships we nurture. And what better relationship than, to nurture than the one with our God and Father who's on, he was in heaven. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Uh, and I would say relational, uh, even as uh, Pastor Redden has said, you know, uh, uh, we are, at, uh, I would say, an extension of this foundation in which we have embarked or stood upon when we got here, we came here. Uh, Triumph Church, Pastor Randy, and even Brandon welcomed us uh, as well as there were many things that have been imparted to us while we were here in this place. And you know, God has a way of doing things, and yet it's also, as Durbin said, uh, you have to be where we're patient, as well as seeking God on what it is that he would have us to do. And even while we were here, God was still molding us he was still imparting in us, and yet he was giving us things that we needed for us to go to the next place. And though Pastor Rennan's time, you know, as he said, it's been two, two months or so that he's been here, there's even been greater things that we have received under you as you have come into this house. And we're so thankful for it. You know, many people come here they love the word they receive the word and it's not just loving and receiving the word but even with serving that's what we also have received while we were here and even in that I don't know where this is coming from I know you have a message but even serving also helps grow you people people it's serving and doing the things of Christ that's what we were created to do not only to love him as well as to be an extension of his love but also to be used by him to help someone else out so while you're here serve under this house because you will richly be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Not only that, but I will say this, that Restoration Church Houston, there are many churches everywhere. Restoration Church Houston is not a, a place where we would say, oh, we're just have to have another church because that's not our desire. If need be, we've been partnering here. We could continue to serve here, but God's will be done. But yet, you know what? I believe that there's a revival that is taking place. If we could really just stop and look and see, there's a revival that is taking place. And I believe that the, what the Lord is doing through us is to go ahead and go up a little bit north, a little bit west, and take an extension of what is going on under here, down here, as well as the revival and things that are taking place elsewhere and take that on up there as well so the oh we are not be here we are here in spirit and yet we are family and we thank God for that which we have received and what we have taken place in this house under Triumph Church um, I want to say on on behalf of all those here that have, have worked with you guys, served, been a part of your ministry, been a part of your smart. Y'all come forward. Y'all keep backing up. That's good. Okay. Uh, I just, I just want to say on behalf of everyone, thank you for your time and your service and your prayer and your giving and your sacrifice. Um, you know, I remember, uh, was it, was it last fall, Pastor Durbin? We, I was over here for something. I happened to be here on a Sunday night, and he had been here all day just decided, well, we had an event, a, a, an event that night. He didn't really have to be here, but he was. And he just decided he was going to start. I came in and he was laying on the stage, working on his computer and just, just serving the house of God. And I want to say on behalf of all the people that have been, even when we've known or not known it, when we, we are the recipients of, the, of, the, of your labor, we're, 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 we're part of the fruit of your labor. I just want to say on behalf of all of them, the people thank you and and also I, I want I want you to know that wherever Triumph Church is wherever we go whatever God has for our future um, you are always a part of who we are you're in the DNA of this church and you you know when you're in the DNA you don't get to take that out you don't you, you know you, you can go to Katie but you don't get to not be a part of who Triumph is and uh, so uh, again we, we partner with you and we're, we celebrate what God is doing um, any any final words you want to say? Um, also, in, in regards to allowing us to serve, we want to say thank you guys for allowing us to serve with you and to serve you. Um, it's going back to the bittersweet statement. It's, it's bitter in the sense that we can't see your faces every week. 
You know, after seven years, you get kind of accustomed of seeing certain faces each week. And, and uh, we were out last week, and, and Pastor Rand and I were talking. It was just weird not being here. It was like, man, the faces that I'm used to seeing and the, the smiles that I'm used to, you know, trying to make smile, I, I, they, they weren't there that day. And so uh, we just, on the behalf of our family, we want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you for allowing us to do what God has called us to do with you and for you. So let me give you just a, a, a little understanding so you, you know kind of what will be happening. Um, they'll, they're actually planning on launching somewhere around J September. Correct, correct. S September 8th. Uh, to 2019. September 8th of this year. You think, well, man, that's a long way away. Not when you're getting ready to plant a church, I assure you. So they have lots of work to do, and uh, and they're going full force into that. And uh, in, in addition to that, uh, at uh, my, at Pastor, in Pastor Durbin and I's conversation, I really felt strongly that they needed to go and visit a number of other churches, specifically startup churches, so they can get some understanding of what that looks like to, behind the scenes. So you say, well, you know, couldn't they be here every week until then? They've got a job to do. They've got a mission to do. So they're not, they're not at home kicking it rather than serving the house of God. They're, they're, they're um, adding to their knowledge. They're adding to uh, what they've learned here and, and being prepared to uh, take it to Restoration Church of Houston. So I just wanted to be clear. That's, uh, we're doing this a little earlier than uh, he and I probably wanted to, but at the same time felt like it was necessary so they could uh, continue on the path to make sure they're ready to launch in September because that is just around the corner uh, for us. So, um, and then today after the service, uh, we've got uh, a little reception, I think right over here behind these doors. And I think my wife bought like 300 cupcakes or something. So she said, please make sure we, I don't need cupcakes in my house all week. So please go by, have a cupcake. Uh, will, will you guys hang with us and, and just go by, hug their neck. I, I mean, cry, make them cry. Like, you know, just, uh, uh, love on them a little bit and celebrate with them. And then I encourage you a couple things. First off, we'll be sending a contingency over on September the 8th for their launch day. And we're, we're going to go support them. And then also over the next few weeks and months, don't forget about it, man. A, a text thinking about you, praying for you goes a long way, goes a long way. Um, and you know, so they, they're, they're leaving the nest and we have a strong support system here and they're going to feel at times and I don't want to speak anything over them I'm just telling you the reality of what they're walking into is they're going to feel alone at times but it's up to us to make sure they never feel like they're alone that they're, there's always people praying with them and standing with them okay so if God drops into your heart you're, you're driving you're walking through the grocery store and for some reason you think man I, I wonder you know, what Pastor Stacia is doing right now. Shoot her a text right then. It's probably the Holy Spirit. I'm being real serious. It's probably the Holy Spirit. If, if you have a thought, text them. Pick up the phone. Call them. They might be in a moment where they just needed to hear somebody's voice. And, and you, were, you were the instrument that God was going to use. So will you do that for me? All right. So here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10. Um, verse 13 for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him how, how can how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them here's the reality this family is going to be telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ. About how to restore their relationship with God. And to make their eternity secure. But he goes on one more. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Our job today is to send them out. 
to send them out with the blessings of God, to send them out with the power of God, to send them out with the Holy Spirit, to send them out with His presence going before them. Our job today is to send this family out to do all that God has called them to do. This is, this is not an, an illegitimate church situation. This is, this is a church being birthed in the proper way, and we are sending them out. And so what I thought we would do today, I'm going to ask you guys if we can step down here. I've, I've asked our pastors and elders to join us, and I thought maybe you might want to stand, and let's pray a special blessing over their life that God, as we send them out, God would go before them. turn and face me if you would and uh, our elders will gather around behind you we've brought their entire family up because this is not a Durban and Stacia thing but it's an entire family coming from a coming from a church family a pastoral family I'm telling you the whole family is involved and um, they've raised amazing kids uh, and I know they're so proud as are we so today, we anoint this entire family. We thank you that for the calling of God that you have placed upon their life. Lord, you've set them up for this moment and this time. It's not an accident. It, it didn't just stumble into this, Lord God, but it was marked on the calendar of heaven. This is their time and this is their moment. Lord, I thank you that things are coming with ease. It's not going to be difficult and it's not going to be hard, but it's going to, there's going to be an ease about it, Lord, because your Holy Spirit is working for them. Lord, I declare today that they are being sent. They are not leaving. They are being sent to do your work in, in their region, Lord God, to do your work with, with people that you have waiting for them. So, Lord God, right now we call in the resources of heaven to come to them right now, to chase them down, to fall into their lap, Lord God, because, Lord, this is your church. Restoration Church is your church, Lord God. We thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for vision. I thank you for peace. I thank you for understanding. I thank you for creative ideas. Lord, I thank you for favor upon their life, for favor to go before them and open doors that couldn't be opened. Lord God, I, I believe right now that you are lifting them up. You are going to place mantles upon their life and, and give them the, the grace for this new season and the strength to do what you've called them to do, Lord God. And I pray that you would draw this family closer together than ever before. But Lord, you, you have put into every single one of them unique gifts and unique callings, and you've been waiting for this time. They, it is their moment, Lord God. Raise them up to make an impact for your kingdom. We thank you for it right now. We bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You can be seated this time.
<laughs> Not today, devil. Not today. Amen. I, I'm not going to speak to you real long today. I'm just going to share. Um, I, actually, I'm going to make a confession to you today and then talk to you about it. I hope that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but we've got some some uh, two other great things that we're doing today. First off, we're going to have water baptisms at the conclusion of the service. If you came to be water baptized today, we're all ready for you. We'll give you instructions here in, in a bit. If you didn't come prepared, but God touches your heart, you say, man, today I need another dip today. I need, I need to start fresh and get rid of some old stuff in my life. And um, then today is a great day for that. Also, we've got some... Uh, uh, kids that we're going to be dedicating uh, to God today. So it's uh, baby dedication day, so we're looking forward to that. But I, I thought I'd, I'd start with a, uh, a bit of a confession. Uh, Y'all are laughing at me, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, uh, the, here's the truth. Um, I've never liked the Apostle John. I'm, ju I'm just being straight. I've, I've never liked the guy. There's a couple of reasons for it. Um, so first off, my favorite, my favorite disciple was always Peter. I, I liked Peter. Peter was, you know, he's a little bit like me. He's just, he's going to say it a little bit right or wrong, a little bit pushy. You know, I, I wonder how many times Peter's wife elbowed him like my wife has elbowed me. And, you know, I like Peter. Peter's out there. He gets it wrong sometimes. He gets it right sometimes, but he's always going for Jesus, you know, um, you know, he made mistakes, but he came back, and, you know, I just, I like Peter. And then when I was growing up, we had uh, Easter productions every year. E every year we had Easter productions. Uh, Rodney knows, I mean, you know, and my uncle always played Peter. And I like my uncle. So therefore, I like Peter. And you put all these things together, and like Peter was my favorite disciple, and John always seems to have this little rivalry with Peter. You, know, if you read the book of John, and, and in his words, like he makes sure to tell you every time Peter messes up. Like, John, you didn't have to put that in there. Matthew covered it. No, no, no. He made sure to get it in there. He made sure. It was totally unnecessary for him to tell us that when, when Peter and John were running to the tomb, that he outran Peter to get there. <laughs> totally unnecessary. Was not required. No one's going to heaven because you put that in there. It's, so I, you know, just John. And then, and then I always thought John was a little arrogant. Like, how many titles does one person need? He's like, John, the Apostle John, John the Beloved, John the Revelator, uh, the, the son of, one of the sons of thunder. Like, dude, how many names do you get? Like, chill. Then, but then this is the one that gets me the most. He refers to himself in the, enti in the entire book as the disciple whom Jesus loved. I mean, have you ever thought about it like this, John? You couldn't just say, like, I or me or we. No, no, you had to say, and the disciple whom Jesus loved outran Peter to the tomb. Like, <laughs> like, like that's just a double shot. I don't know if y'all have ever read John like this. And, and I struggle with John, but the truth is, out of all of that, none of those were the real reason that I, that I struggle with John. I struggle with John because of one verse. One verse. Let me read it to you. John chapter 13, verse 23, before you put it up there, um, they're, they're at the Passover meal, and Jesus has just announced that someone is going to deny him. And here's what the Bible says in, in uh, John 13 and 23. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. When you read this, there's a little star by the end of table, which tells you to go down at the bottom, and they're going to actually give you what the Greek says. And in my Bible, the Greek actually says, and John, the one, the disciple Jesus loved, was reclining on Jesus' bosom. So let me, let me put this into some context, and you'll understand why I didn't like this verse, and I don't like John. I was raised on a ranch. I was raised with horses and cows and mud and tractors and dirt. I was raised, you know, in the bayou, swimming with alligators. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't raised here, you know, with, with in, in the white-collar Houston metropolis. I was raised out in the country. 
And, and I was raised with cowboys and, and farmers where, where men acted like men and dressed like men and talked like men and shook hands like men. And I'm not exactly sure what a bosom is, but we didn't hang out on each other's bosom. <laughs> it seems like a woman thing, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I don't want Jesus to have one. And I sure don't want some other dude like laid up on Jesus' bosom. And so I know this, I'm being honest with you. I just never, I, I, I ignored this verse. I'd be reading along, and then I would just skip the verse and go right on down. That's, I can't, like, I, you know, the, the drawing, the, uh, the famous paintings of the Passover meal, and, and John's, like, up at, G, I, I, I can't do it. I don't even want to look at the painting. I don't like it. I can't stand, like, I want my Jesus to be strong. I like the mighty word. I don't like to sing the song. I banned the song in, in, in Beaumont, or actually I made them change all the words to it. Do you remember the song that said, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest? I was like, dude, that's no. That's just too much. That's not how I interact with Jesus. There was another song I wouldn't let them sing. Uh, you probably love it. I'm sorry if I'm being offensive. It's just, I'm just telling you, I'm, it's a confession right now. And there was this song that says, um, and uh, I'll lead, uh, lean back against you and breathe and feel your heartbeat. Like, no, I'm out. That's not how I interact with Jesus. I, I like, the, I like the, the verses about the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Like, I'm in on that. I'm in on, I'm in on when Jesus got downright mad and walked into the temple and kicked everybody's rears right out. I mean, I, I, like, I'm, that's the Jesus. I like Jesus on the white horse and the sword, and that's the Jesus I like. And then here's John laid up on the bosom of Jesus. I couldn't do it. Struggle with it. But you know what? God took me back to this verse and he showed me something. It took me 37 years. But he finally showed me something. And I thought I'd share you what he showed me. And it changed my whole perspective. And I see John totally differently now. I still don't like him leaning on the bosom of Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, but I, but I want to I show you something. Uh, Garfield, you, can you jump up here? Let me, uh, I want to show you something real quick. There we go. So you're going to be Jesus right now, okay? You don't have the flowing hair of Jesus. <laughs> it's, we're going we're gonna to envision it. And so I, I, want, I, want, I want you to get this picture because the, when I saw the picture and I got past my stuff, God really began to speak to my heart. And when I realized that John wasn't just close to Jesus, but he had his head in the, <laughs> are, you, are you uncomfortable? I'm a little uncomfortable right now. But we're going somewhere. But he had his head close to the heart of Jesus. It was a, when, God, when I saw this, God said, Randon, this is a, a physical picture of what was really going on in John. That John didn't just have his own thoughts and his own ways and his own ideas, but John made a practice of getting his head close to the heart of Jesus. It challenged me because all of a sudden now, thank you. Y'all give him a hand. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to borrow your bosom for a moment. But, but, but this, is, this is what God really began to show me. Is that, okay, Randon, there, there's something deeper going on with John here. And in this picture, I saw it. I went back to read his words again. Because of all the things, the, the Bible says that they have, if they had taken down every miracle, everything that Jesus did, it wouldn't have fit in all the libraries, all, all, the, all, all the books on the earth. There was no way to contain it all, right? And so why did Jesus, why did John choose the stories he chose? Now you, I, know that the, I know that you say, well, the Holy Spirit uh, uh, led him, I, and 100%, the Holy Spirit inspired him. But man, when he was writing these stories, he was inspired with these stories because John's head, his thoughts, the, the way he was going about life, they, they, weren't incongru they weren't congruent with the ways of the world, but they were, in, in, they were close to the heart of God. So I went back and looked again. You want to hear? I went back and looked, and here's what I saw. Here's what I saw. In John chapter 4, there's an official, a, 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 a guy with lots of power and lots of authority. His son is dying. And he comes to Jesus and, and he says, there's nothing that can be done. He's going to die. 
There's no way to solve it. There's no way to fix it. The doctors can't do anything. And Jesus said, don't worry. Your son is already healed. And here's the crazy thing. When the guy goes home, the servants tell him that at the exact hour that Jesus said the words, he's healed, the son got up out of his bed and was healed. So when I saw this, you see, our head says the doctors can't do anything. It's too late. That, 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 that the cancer is too much. But the heart of Jesus says just one word from God can change everything in your life. I, I then read the story in John chapter 6. And it's just a few verses there where the disciples are out on the water in the middle of the storm and the waves are raging and the, and the wind is blowing and the rain is going and it, and it feels like they may sink at any moment. And right about that time, here comes Jesus walking on the water. You see, my head says the storm of life are too much and I can't make it through and I'm going to drown and this one's going to get me. But the, but the heart of Jesus says, don't be afraid. I'm here even in the midst of the storm. Are you tracking with me? Our mind wants to tell us one thing, but when we get our mind lined up with the heart of God, it changes the picture. And then in John chapter 8, we see the woman caught in adultery, and they throw her at the feet of Jesus. And they try to test Jesus, and they say, what do you say? She was caught in the very act. Well, Jesus, in his wonderful mastery of words and his love and his compassion, next thing you know, all the accusers are gone. And he looks at the woman. He says, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, I have none. And he says, neither will I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Why? Because when my mind says, I did it, I've been caught, I don't deserve good things, I don't deserve the love of God, I don't deserve salvation, all I deserve is shame, the heart of Jesus says, I didn't come to judge you, I came to save you. I read the story of the man born blind in John chapter 9. Jesus walked up to him and they said, Who did, whose fault was this? Was it his fault or his parents' fault? Jesus says, it just is. And then he puts mud on his eyes and the man is healed. Why? Because my head says to me, I was born this way. I was born into it. There's no way out. This, my family's always been this way. There's nothing I can do. And I, my head wants to make excuses for why I am where I am. But the heart of God says, you don't have to remain stuck where you were born. But I have an abundant life waiting for you. It's the heart of God. Then I move forward to John 11. Lazarus, friend of Jesus, He's died. He's been in the grave for four days. And you know the story. Jesus walks up. He says, come out of the grave. And Lazarus comes walking out in his grave clothes. My head says that it's too late. The situation is dead. The marriage is dead. The relationship is dead. My finances are dead. My business is dead. But the heart of God says it's not over until I say it's over. And resurrection power still lives on the inside of you. And then John 21, Peter, who I mentioned a moment ago, he fell away from Jesus. He's denied Jesus when Jesus needed him the most. My head says, I used to live for Jesus, but now I don't. And I've made so many mistakes that I don't deserve his love anymore. Because he saved me before, but now I gave up on him. Now I denied him. I don't deserve it. There's no way back I've lost my purpose. I've lost my ministry. I've lost my place. And yet the heart of Jesus says, I'll always make a way back. And in me, you always have a purpose. This is, this is the heart of Jesus. This is what God is trying to say. But is our head lined up with the heart of God? And then I go back to maybe the most important verse of Scripture in the entire Bible. It shares with you the heart of God like no other, and you know it. It's John chapter 3, verse 16. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, my head tries to get me chasing the things of this world. My head tries to get me chasing success. My head tries to get me chasing even good things. But the heart of Jesus is always on saving the lost. It's about reaching people that don't know him. 
The heart of Jesus says, I've already given up everything to reach the world. And then the heart of Jesus says to me, what will you give up to reach the world? My head wants to chase all the wonderful things in life. But when my head gets aligned with the heart of Jesus, it comes into my mind. Who have I shared Jesus with today? Who have I invited to church today? Who am I bringing with me on Sunday? Who have I helped today? Who have I served today? Because that is the heart of Jesus. Pastor Durbin and Stacia, when the whole world is chasing their dreams, you're not just chasing a dream, you're chasing the heart of God. It says there are people in desperate need, and I honor you today for laying it all on the line for the heart of Jesus, that through him they might find life. I'm closing this morning, and I've only taken a few minutes to share just one small thought with you, but, but I want to close with this. Is your head focused? Is your thoughts, are your, are your minds and your mindsets focused on the ways of this world, on the things of this world? Are they connected to the heart of Jesus? Because when our head is connected to the heart of Jesus, it changes what we do. It changes who we are. It changes how we act. It changes our value system. It changes our priorities. It changes everything about us. And it starts with this simple fact that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Is that what you're doing? Because if you're not, our head needs to be lined up with the heart of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I feel your presence here right now. Lord, your, your love just came into the room, for there are people like the adulterous woman that when I, when I told that story, that was them. But God, may, may your heart reach out to them and say, it's not too late. It's not too late. You didn't come to judge us. You came to save us. You came to forgive us. You went to the cross that we might have life and have it abundantly. Lord, for those we came in here with thoughts of thinking it was over. Marriage was over. Life was over. Future was over. Purpose was over. You came with resurrection power today. But I thank you for those that are in the middle of a storm. Lord, you sent me to remind us of your heart that says, don't be afraid. I am here. God, you are here with us. individually, a, a spirit of invitation, inviting people to know you, inviting people to church, and inviting people to come and get into the presence of God, inviting people to come and have their life change, inviting people to come and, and see miracles done, inviting people. Lord, if the spirit of an in inviter would come into every one of us, that when we wake up in the morning, it's on our mind, because God, your heart is always on looking for the lost, looking for who needs a touch from you, looking who needs healing, for who needs healing in their life, Lord. Let our heart reflect your heart. Let our lives reflect your life. I thank you for it right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Um, today's been a little different kind of day, and I'm, um, but uh, I hope you've enjoyed the service anyway and uh, that, that God's been with you. Thank you. I had a great song. Some of you need to leave the, this place and the devil's going to be waiting you at the door. He waits right outside. The problems that you had in the car when you came in, they're probably still waiting on you. When you get to your car door, you open it up, but you just look around and you say, not today, devil. And not today. We're going to close this morning, and, uh, and, and we're going to kind of have a soft closing. The team's going to worship. But if you came to be water baptized, uh, the, the Bartleys are here, and they're going to help you. Wave your hands really high. Yeah, that's you. Okay, don't do that. 
Uh, they're going to take care of you if you came, so they're going to make sure you get uh, changed, everything you need. We'll do water baptisms here in just a few moments, but if you came to dedicate your kids to God today, today's the day, and we are excited. This is such an important thing. It's such an important thing, and, and you'll find me mention this time and time again. I have this belief in my life, this, this, just this, if Jesus needed something in his life, I need it in my life, right? And Jesus needed to be dedicated to God. They took him to the temple and they dedicated his life to God. And so if Jesus needed it, I needed it. If Jesus needed it, my kids needed it. And, and after he was dedicated to God, the Bible says of him that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and favor with man. And so we're dedicating our kids to God, but we believe the result of that is they're going to grow in wisdom and stature favor with God and favor with man. So stand with me on your feet, if you will. I'd love for you to stay and hang out with us. If you need to slip out, we are uh, just, we're going to, we're going to close at this time. I'm, I'm not going to do a formal blessing, but you know, if you want to celebrate with us, take pictures, but come on down. If you brought your babies to be dedicated today, I don't know. I know I filled out some uh, papers, but if you brought your babies today, bring them down and we'll get them dedicated at this time. Uh, I don't know who's, who's helping me know who it was. Oh, here we go. All right. And if you are water baptisms, you can see Garfield right there. If not, hang with us for a minute or you can slip out at your pleasure. Don't forget, uh, Pastor Durbin and Stacia will be out there. We'll hang out with them and have a good time. God bless you.